0: When we think of fear, we don't automatically regard it as something positive. Typical subjects of fear include public speaking, heights, and death. Olga, the international tutor from Russia, shares with me how fear can influence our lives for the better. This interview was recorded in 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic and was conducted in compliance with local COVID regulations.
1: two years ago, or maybe three years ago I don't know why I was extremely scared of death, like many people would be and uh, I was thinking that it's, oh my god, it's so horrible, you know, when you die and then there is nothing else in your life and then I started reading, you know, all of these typical not very bright Facebook groups (laughs) usually people who have these groups or who post there. I will not call it very deep, okay? <laughs> I will not use the word shallow-minded, but we will just imply that. But sometimes I found um, these quotations, and for the first time, when you see it, you oh my god, it's so typical, so Facebookish. uh But then when you see this idea over and over, I think I changed, I mean, because of I, w- I was seeing it quite often, so that was like this type of a legend, you know, when they there, there is a legend and they start telling you like a very wise story uh, which like after reading it you should come to a conclusion of course
0: and usually at the end the person telling the story or the person in the story was albert einstein <laughs> sometimes
1: <laughs> sometimes uh um and oh my god these stories are uh, usually something like mythical but one of them actually uh, caught my attention um it was about a man And uh, no, 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 it wasn't about a man, it was about a human, and you were supposed to be that human. So, and the narrator asked you to sort of go through the experience, you know. So, the story started as uh, Imagine you're flying a plane. Hello, everyone who has phobias. I don't have this phobia anymore, but if you do, don't listen. So, uh, imagine flying a plane, and uh, the plane uh, is hitting a turbulence, and the pilots realize they cannot do anything. And if you're still listening, the turbulence is actually safe. So you're not dying when there's a turbulence or a lightning. So let's continue the story. Probably that person did not know that. So basically the idea was that imagine yourself in the scariest possible situation on a plane when you are in an enclosed like space and you cannot do anything. And imagine that uh, you realize that uh, the plane is going to crash and there is no way you can survive. There was like a list of things like what would you think of what would you regret the most what would you change or who would you call so like what kind of people you would think of you know and what kind of ideas you think you might have so ideally somebody should tell you this story and you should let you know with your eyes closed and just really going through this sort of experience and later on i think i found the story of a nurse i think a lot of Uh, magazines actually caught that story and they started posting like it everywhere she was on her deathbed and she was asked the same question so what do you regret the most about your life and there were five key ideas that i actually saved and uh, the ideas were like i i regret i did not for example i did not keep in touch with my friends that i lost touch you know lost contact with my friends and uh, i regret i was not this is the one i remembered I was not living the life I wanted rather than the life I had to live so and the same idea was given by that man so what would you change meaning would you be satisfied when you know that you are dying like what would you regret the most and uh, that's the point coming back to your question what am I afraid of or what I am afraid of at the moment is living the life somebody tells me to live you know the community i live in or the society right uh rather than the life i want because i realized that actually years pass by very fast i still think i'm somewhere 18 20 but i'm almost 27 so i will turn 30 in three years and um, 10 years ago i believed i would have 10 children by this time and a big family and the house Ten and children? 10.
0: <laughs> like, are you physically giving birth to these children or yeah, adoption? Yeah,
1: yeah. And okay. I also was... Yeah, I also... I still have this idea. I really... I'm really into adoption. Mm-hmm. I want to have a big family. I really want to have, you know, all of these friends. And by the way, um, we have a very famous person in Russia. Um, he is making a video content. He comes from a family of 17 people, which were literally... <laughs> They all were uh, brought up and uh, they were born by one mother. And this is the idea he actually reflected in one interview, that his dad wanted to create a gang. Like, a gang in a good way, you know, where they all stand for each other, support each other. Can you imagine?
0: Is the mother of the family okay? (laughs) Seventeen children. Seventeen is a lot of children to have to give birth to. That's true. Did did he ever talk about his mother? Is she she Mm -hmm. doing okay? (laughs) Uh,
1: I remember there was a joke that she has been pregnant, at some point of life, she has been pregnant more (laughs) years than she lived, (laughs) because they uh, they got married, of course, when she was 18-something, and since then she was like pregnant almost every year of her life, but looking at them, looking at their family, I think they became a huge inspiration. That's kind of cool, because you know that most Russian families are nuclear families. Like, it's usually just like me, one child and two parents, and it's... it's boring. It's boring.
0: Yeah, being an only child has its pros and cons. I feel like it's been sometimes very lonely, being an only child.
1: Uh, Yeah, those who have siblings, you know, they, they always say, oh, I hate my brother, like, oh, I hate my sister, I want to kill them at certain age but you still see that they always have this guy or this girl nearby and they eventually, I think by maybe when they turn 30, they become friends or some of them can become friends by the age of 20 and they always have each other. But as a single child, you just have your parents and you can never have this sort of connection with friends as siblings have. And that's why you always look at them and think, "Hmm, Yeah, so I remember I was asking for a brother, (laughs) I mean, I've been asking my parents (laughs) to (laughs) give me a brother, like, give me a brother! Uh, Yeah, until I was, I think, 17. I really wanted to have a sibling.
0: You were an only child until you were 17.
1: I'm still an only child. You're still an only child. Just when I turned 17, I was like, okay, so I'm not going to Uh (laughs) (laughs) I just realized, yeah, I will not get a sibling. And I was like, "Um, I'm okay with that, so... For that reason, I think I got this idea that I want to have a big family where, you know, all people gather at the table. Um, I had this experience actually here. Uh, One of my friends, she is originally... uh, Her family is originally from Hong Kong since the moment of occupation. Yeah, when the British uh, occupied Hong Kong. Yes, yes. And when the agreements were made. So her family was already here. Mm -hmm. And they were those people who were actually talking with those Uh, guys on the lands that uh, they do not touch them and they will not take any action so her family has a very long history in Hong Kong and I saw, I think I saw her great grandparents as well and the table was full of people full of siblings, full of aunts and uncles and children and I felt that this form of unity and this, you know, this huge amount of people who are, they will be there for you, uh, whatever happens, so they're always in your life, it has its uh, drawbacks as well, because sometimes uh, if you have some problematic relatives, you have to save them all the time, Uh, but the more relatives you have, you have the, I feel like the more support you have,
0: This episode of the International Tutor podcast is made possible by the contributions from the International Tutors Olga okay. and Nathan. This podcast was conceived by me, Nathan, at the Education University of Hong Kong with the support from the ASLC manager, Dr. Jesse Choi.